Hey, y'all. Welcome to Shades of Brown, the podcast that discusses the ever-evolving and sometimes contradicting thoughts of a Black millennial. I'm your host, Allie B, and thank you for being here with me. If you enjoy this week's episode, please be sure to leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Of course, that's if you listen on Apple. <laughs> this week, I'm so honored to have my dear friend, Alicia Garfield, as my guest. The last time she was on the show, she was Alicia Derso. However, sis has had a name change since then. Okay, congratulations, girl. Thank you. Thank she you. is the founder of Curly Me a nonprofit organization that aims to educate, uplift, and empower young girls of color in the state of Utah. And she is quite literally a world changer. And I'm just so excited to have her back with us. How are you doing, girl? I'm all right today. I'm all right today. Had me a good little nap before we got on this thing here. So I'm ready to go. How are you? (laughs) Yes, I'm doing well. As you know, I've been wanting to have this conversation literally since I started this podcast. And I'm like, I just... I don't know why why it's taking me so long. I'm ready to talk about it. So we're going to discuss purity culture and the damaging effects it can have on Christian women. By definition, purity culture is a subculture of evangelical Christianity that peaked in the 90s with young girls pledging to abstain from sex until marriage, dress modestly, and ultimately devote their entire lives to God. On the surface, that doesn't sound so bad, but it has totally jacked us up. (laughs) Jacked. (laughs) So let's unpack it. (laughs) You ready, girl? (laughs) No. Oh, gosh. Like a song before her, Nuck If You Buck, or like (laughs) some type of 2000s rap song that describes the feeling. Well, um, now that you're married, girl, your theme song should be Taking over the 9-9-2000s. That is always a thing. Okay. All right. So, Lee, share with us a bit about um, your background and your upbringing in regards to your faith and, yeah, being a good girl. Oh, yes. I was one of the good now, just playing. Um, (laughs) No, tell us. Go ahead. (laughs) I was one of the best No. Uh, so I grew up in church, like, um, I'm not going to say most of your listeners, but I grew up in, in church. I went to a couple of church growing, churches growing up, um, Baptist and another evangelical. And then once I got older, it became more non-denominational, but my developmental years prior to going to a more non-denominational church was in the Baptist church. And so stockings long dresses. I'll never forget my mom used to wear denim dresses to work. Slips. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Full body slips. It's hot. Yeah, I couldn't wear shorts above my knee because that's being fast. Mm-hmm. And having any type of shoulders out. I mean, like a tank top Girl. it's fine, but a cami. Oh, when Air Pastel came out with those um. <laughs> those polos and we could double them up I think that was probably one of my mom and dad's favorite times because you wasn't <laughs> worried about like because you buttoned them as well and you had a cami underneath I am always wore a belt skirt couldn't be a, a sir I remember in elementary school being so happy I bought my mom bought me a suit blazer <laughs> elementary with school. shoulder beds I'm talking 
I'm talking not eighth grade. I've had to be sixth, seventh. And I wore it with pride. Girl. I'll tell you, I had the pumps, stocking, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. skirt below the knee. Mm-hmm. And this here, uh, this, this is my somebody grandma. It looking like. Girl, oh, looking back at pictures of my childhood, I'm like, oh, po' baby. I mean, straight up full on suits. And not even kids' suits. Like for me, it's no. like straight up from the women's department of Dillard's. <laughs> Misses. I don't Misses. know where my mom Value City, maybe. I don't know. Hey, but it was Misses. in the Misses department. From the petite I am section. Because in... I was in middle school. <laughs> right. Middle, yeah, middle school age. Ridiculous. Wild. Wild. Oh man. But, you saying yeah. the you saying the shoulders thing, man, that just triggered me because just recently. As recent as Easter Sunday, which was what, April, this past, a few weeks ago, three weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, I went to my church in Memphis and I wore a dress where my shoulders were exposed. You know, what are those mm-hmm. called? Like the cold shoulder dresses, like off the shoulder, mm-hmm. right? And literally like my, my cleavage was covered, you know, the, the cleavage line wasn't showing nothing. Mm-hmm. It was just all of my shoulders were out. And... I literally had to have a pep talk, like, girl, you are fully covered, like, fully. The dress, the dress comes, like, right just about to your oh, knee, you know, a little bit, just, a, just a pinch of thigh, but, like, you're fully covered, like, your arms are covered, like, your boobs are covered, like, girl, you're yeah. covered. It's just your shoulders, bro, like, they're shoulders. And I had to literally give myself permission as a 31-year-old. Yeah. Give myself permission to wear a cold shoulder dress to church and Mm. still feel, even when I wore it, still feel uncomfortable. Like, Mm. I'm like, bro, this is wild. Like their shoulders, but I was trained that like, you don't want to be a distraction to men because Mm -hmm. they can be turned Mm -hmm. on, you know, by shoulders and arm, Mm -hmm. pretty much shout any type of skin. We can't distract the men. even though it's these really men being the pulpit with their doggone prints showing and these th- tight pants on. Okay, we can see I, everything. Too many times. Yeah. These fitted shirts under their suit jackets. Hello. We ain't going to talk about that. Right. Anywho. We can we can um, see them and, and, and view them, mm-hmm. right, and not be distracted. We can be like, okay, he looks nice. Or, oh, wow, his butt is not really nice. Or, oh, wow, his whole penis print is showing. But that not distract us from whatever God is doing in the moment. But yet us. So that's assuming... We got also covered. that we don't have we uh, and I know we're gonna talk about this, but we don't have that sexual desire for mm. men at an early age. So um, speaking of, what was your understanding of sexuality and sensuality? Like, was that something that you were educated on, or what? No, no. Um, my dad. So picture this: my dad, my dad, my parents are older. Well, they had me when they were in their 30s. And so very traditional. Um, my mom was sitting here wearing long skirts. Okay. So I don't have many memories of my parents like being intimate together um, that I actively recall. I do recall some things, but at a certain age, it just kind of stopped. And um, then my dad, my mom never talked to me about sex never really talked to me about her relationships with with men unless I tried to ask so all of my information was coming from like my mother or from my father um and then women from within the church I had really good mentors um but they still uphold held like purity culture um 
but my dad sex was sin. Okay, sex was sin. Period. Mm, period. Period. That was it. Uh, my dad, of course, meant well, right? But sex was sin. Sensuality probably wasn't even a part of his vocabulary. Not to say that he didn't know what it was, <laughs> yeah. but that's not something he's talking to me about. Yeah. And um, I, to this day, still enjoy, like, my dad is one of my best friends. Um, oh, okay. I still enjoy talking to my dad, but I do realize that there are, there's this generational difference. There's this understanding difference. Um, but at the time when I was a kid, you listen to everything your parents say, like they really don't tell you wrong with this. I was very like straight to the point. They're not direct so much back then, but I listened to my parents because I didn't want to get in trouble. I didn't want to get caught up. Um, so I was very much, I don't want anything bad to happen to me. So I'll listen to what my parents say type of girl. The, the rule follower. And the, yeah, I was a rule follower. And the the problem was when they talked about sex, they backed it up with examples. That's the problem. It's just like when you say you shouldn't have sex because look at such and such. I had too many cousins that were the example of why you shouldn't have sex. So I was like, well, I don't need that type of I don't need that type of baggage at fifteen. Yeah. And then yeah. you had in school, you had those examples of um, of girls being sexually active and then the response uh, after a guy broke up with them I was just like I, that is too much so I and I do believe I will say that some of what I was taught was a protection me- measure for sure mm-hmm. like because it didn't seem like the boys were being we though we were in the same room at times when it came to like small groups in church or youth groups in church we weren't getting the same information. So when we go back to the definition of purity culture, um, you had mentioned specifically female. Um, we were in, I remember being in the same room, but it didn't seem like we were getting, looking back on it now, we yeah. weren't getting the same understanding or having, being held to the same standard. Right, that um, part. With, within the church. Yeah. That part. Yeah, same for me, girl. Um, sex was the ultimate sin. And we girls were certainly held to a different standard than the men. Because like you said, we're getting the same teaching, but it's hitting differently because there was the expectation that, you know, quote unquote, boys will be boys. The implication was because boys will be boys, we, the young girl, have to be responsible for his actions. So make sure we don't do anything that would make him, you know, do whatever boys do, right? So you cover up, you don't, don't be fast, whatever the freak that means. You know what I'm saying? Like all the pressure was placed upon the girl because boys are just out of control. Men are just out of control. They, they have no self-control. Forget about the fruit of the spirit. Okay. Forget about cultivating self-control within yourself. So we'll be responsible for their control and we will do all we can to make sure that they don't desire us in any other way than seeing us as sister and missionary and evangelist or the choir member or whatever. You were talking about how, you know, it was more of a protective measure as well, that your parents were encouraging you, you know, to not do these things. So you're implying that. So I know this, but I want you to be I want you to clarify so that our listeners understand mm-hmm. you were a virgin until marriage. The night we got engaged, I was just like, let's just try something. It didn't work out. Didn't know what the heck I was doing. Um, we'll we'll say kind of. Because, I mean, 
I'll say high school, my senior, senior year, senior year in high school. I started having questions, started wanting to try things, but would still feel conviction. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I can't keep doing this. Like, yeah. To the point where I'd be like, yeah, we probably can't, we can't be together. And that kind of like followed me. Six months was like the longest relationship I believe I had um, until my third, late 20s, six months. Because I just, I'm like, "Mm." now was I, we would call it like situationships now, kind of like a situationship of dating. Yeah. Once I got into like my mid 20s. That that's what we started to kind of like move into. But I don't think looking back on that, um, even going back to the point of my dad telling me about sexist and you shouldn't do it, this and the third, um, he in almost the same breath or almost the same car ride, because we had a lot of our conversations in the truck driving places, um, he would say to young men you need to put something on, meaning you need a condom. And I'm just like, what? Well, if we're not supposed to be having sex, why are you telling him to put a condom on? Okay, so... And, and as a kid, I didn't think about that. But now, you know, as an adult, it, that don't... Because he, he he's very uh, repetitive. I can kind of tell you what my dad is going to say about something. And so that in particular just sounded really interesting when I look back on it and like, you telling me not to do something, but you telling him to wrap it up. If if you're going to do it, wear a rubber. Mm-hmm. A product of the 60s. So we're going to uh, say rubber and not condom. So you give the men practical advice. Like, you shouldn't do mm-hmm. this. But since I know you are, here's what you should do. But for the women, for the girls, it's just don't do it. So mm-hmm. what ends up happening is you got a whole bunch of girls who feel what you said, conviction. But let's mm-hmm. just call it what it is. Who feel condemned because they shame. are in shame. Because, you know, we are exploring, we're figuring things out, um, and we don't have the proper tools to explore, right? Because truth is, regardless of what we feel about premarital sex, on last week's episode, uh, we were told that uh, we love fornication, is not, fornication is not premarital sex, about, and we were taught that, you know, premarital sex is not a sin. I'm still marinating on that, <laughs> but wherever you land, regardless of all of that, um, regardless if you believe it's a sin or not, the truth is majority of folks mm-hmm. um, have premarital sex, right? Christian or not, believer or not, um, whatever, wherever you stand, wherever you, you know, end up in that argument, nine times out of 10, you're doing it. <laughs> so, um, or have done it. Or have done it. And for Christian women, we end up in, sometimes dangerous situations because we have not been educated properly. All we have been told is to abstain, to avoid. And that is just not practical. It's just not practical because what happens when we get in situations now we ain't got nowhere to go. No, no we don't know who to go to like, girl, I'm not going to even get into uh, a rabbit. This, this ain't about me. This about you. So let me, <laughs> let me, let me rip myself back in because I don't know. It's just, these are our lived experiences and purity culture has had such um, extreme impacts on us both. And it's just, mm-hmm. ugh, it's so annoying. So, so you, I'm, I'm assuming you saw your chastity and your virginity as, well, let me ask you, did you see your chastity and your virginity as a measurement of righteousness? Oh yeah. Let me, what I, was it your primary I, measurement of righteousness? Um, 
I would say it was high up there if we had like top three, right? Yeah. Um, especially in high school, that's when you start to like see things for what they are. You start hearing things in the hallways. You start knowing that this person is that and this and the third. So um, I know I wasn't doing it. So I'm like, y'all shouldn't be doing it either. And that was like, and you couldn't tell me I'm holding you accountable. Like we say we are believers. Mm. We say we love God. We say we are fruit inspectors. We, say, we listen, listen. All and we to, for just being judgy. Yeah, what you said, being judgy. Definitely the judgmental friend. Um, but in my eyes, high school Alicia, this was me saying, hey, I thought we said we were this. Because just like you, my girlfriend, and or we go to the skating rink together. We, I didn't, I wasn't allowed to have or go to slumber parties, but um we supposed to be girls we all go to the same church these particular friends that I had and so I just didn't understand why they were doing this it was like really really hard on me to really understand so much to the point um that my I found no lie my friend had done something we were in college at that time or I was in college age and I was in a Route 21, and I had heard something about my friend, and I was like, nah. And she was like, yeah, you know this girl named such and such? And I was like, yeah, I know her. She's my she's my friend. Oh, well, she's this, or I, I didn't tell her she was my friend. I said, oh, yeah, I know her. And she goes on and tells me all this stuff, and I was just like, not, not my friend. Yeah. And so I went to her about it, and she was like, and she confirmed, and I was like, what? First of all, you didn't even tell me this but I had already established myself as the judgy friend like you can't yeah. come to a go to Alicia and be like girl let me tell you what I did <laughs> yeah you fast you hot this is what I heard you hot as pepper <laughs> you lose it could be you you having just one partner but all of these labels are placed upon you and these labels are not placed upon the men that you are you know interacting with but somehow you are just out here um, and you're right. You know, it's like no one's going to the judge yourself righteous friend. You know, it's so tricky because purity culture is such a gateway to pride and self-righteousness. Our executive pastor said this recently. He's like, pride cannot exist without comparison. And when and I understand, you know, our leadership's um, motive, our parents, whomever was, you know, mm-hmm. guiding us, I understand their motive and intent. But when you're always comparing, right, like, don't do this because look at them. Because it was the same, mm-hmm. same thing for me, you know, being sat down saying, hey, you, you saw you saw your cousin, how she ended up. You saw, mm-hmm. you know, your, your friend, how they ended up from church or whatever. And it's like, what, like it was like, you know, the scarlet letter, right? Um, you don't want to be that person. And, mm-hmm. and if you remain. So they're going to talk about you in church. They're going to talk about you. And if you abstain, you'll be better than them. They didn't say that. That was not the terminolo- mm-hmm. terminology they mm-hmm. used. But mm-hmm. what they were saying to you ultimately is you, you're you better because you're abstaining. You're better yeah. um, because you are not um, involving yourself in sexual activities. Even mm-hmm. though you may be judgy, you may be prideful, you may be self-righteous, mm-hmm. you, you may be mean. You may be a gossiper. You may be you may be freaking tr- untrustworthy and a liar. You may be, you know what I'm saying? Like you may fight all the time. You Right? It's like all these other things that do not reflect Christ's image, right? All these other mm-hmm. things that are clearly unchristlike. Forget about all that. Forget about all that. But you're better because you abstain from sex, period. 
And mm-hmm. it's so trash because we grew up literally believing that we were better than other people. And that is just not true. It's so false. It's so false. And, and, it, and it makes it so, it makes it difficult when you were, when you're raised like that with that thinking, it makes it difficult to be truly self-aware and to see yourself properly so that you can be held accountable mm-hmm. for all your stuff too, because all you're judging yourself upon is sexual activity, right? Well, I ain't did that. So looking, also looking back and prior to getting married, I will say that background, I wasn't focused on boys. Um, it could be because boys really weren't focused on me. I'm not like, I don't know. But it did allow me to focus on what I believe I needed to focus on. So, like, when I moved out here, you know, Utah is just dry all around, right? The climate, the potential, um, all of that. (laughs) But it's like, if you're not focused, if I I wasn't focused on this, so I was focused on, like, all the good stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So I put quotes around good stuff like education, education. follow purpose and being somewhat for the most part a good person but what I lack and and still learning is that grace factor and it's that I think when I say that's one of the top threes three things of like the the good girl status um that purity culture um background definitely put me into not really having a lot of grace for people yeah and so by turn becoming that judgmental friend and it wasn't really like other stuff it was really heavily on sexual activity because so many things can come from it and I have a science background so it's like I understand how the body operates like how how it works when things are this and that and but when we go back to sensuality, my brain just like cuts off. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like that. I don't know how you teach someone about sensuality. And maybe that's something when we go back to, aside from my parents, youth group. So like our, our youth pastors and our mentors and things like that, they're also not teaching us about this type of stuff in regards to like having a healthy relationship with your body. Yeah. Um, even but why, but why about, would they though? Like, why would they when their whole thing is one, your body belongs to God, right? Um, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And two, your body belongs to your husband, right? Like we've never been taught that our bodies belong to us. We've never been told that this is yours, right? We have so many of us are raised with zero agency over our own bodies. So we don't, we don't know what makes us happy, what pleases us, what feels good to us. None of that. It's all about what some other being needs and desires from us, from our own bodies, right? So of course, we don't know what sensuality is. Of course, we have not embraced our own sexuality because we've been told our bodies don't belong to us. How trash is that? It's super trash. I, and that's when you learn stuff like that from friends and it's just like ooh, that's not always good I should be able to go to my youth leader and be like hey this that and the third whatever the comments are um I heard this from a friend can you further explain this and I think it's and not just cut it off like I didn't have a, a safe space with certain people but I knew I could go to other folks but they still didn't take it 
and be like, hey, let's, let's, you know, watch a video. No, we didn't have YouTube, but there was the library. Or, yeah, or, really they, just or, or they were to, women though. They they know how, how the body They operates. were women. Right. They have hormones. They ovulate. You know what I'm saying? So it's like this idea that you can just say, don't do that. All right. But well, what do I do when um this is happening? When I have this emotion, when my hormones are this way, when like when I'm ovulating and my body is telling me it is time, like what do I do then? Right. Because like the almost, just don't do it thing just is not it's not working. I, I would almost have to understand like think that they didn't know yeah or if they didn't know they didn't know the technical terms and now I believe we have more if if you care about like black gynecologists or just relationships with doctors and we talk about mental health and all this other other type of stuff but I don't recall ever learning about the female body in church and I think that's so important because if we're talking about we were created to do blah, 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 or be blah, 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 and he created all of us, why wouldn't you teach girls about their bodies in church, in a safe space? This should be a safe space. Yeah. And, yeah, and understanding. That takes me back to what, um, to what my guest last week was saying, LaVon Briggs was, you know, pretty much like how, um, in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways, um generally speaking for black christian women the church hasn't been a safe space mm-hmm. and that is the issue right the older women in our lives didn't teach us because the older women the older because the older women in their lives didn't teach them right like mm-hmm. no one was aware we were all taught to just be you know what property or be servants right to our husbands to our leaders to our spiritual leaders to right we're always giving mm-hmm. of giving of ourselves to somebody else to some other man um whether that man is our pastor our our husband or god whatever right um mm-hmm. that we have nothing for ourselves we don't know ourselves none, none of it which is why there's an orgasm gap like y'all this, this goes so deep purity culture goes so deep you know um but I don't want to I don't want to sidetrack too bad um you've been sharing a bit about you know how purity culture has informed the way you viewed um your own humanity and things of that nature and 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 you know how you use it as a measure of righteousness but how did the purity culture inform the way you showed up in your friendships. Um, I know you, you mentioned a bit about high school, but even like um, in the last couple of years, how has, have you come to know, oh snap, this was purity culture talking, or this was purity culture showing up in my relationships. Can you speak about that? Um, it wasn't until recently that I could honestly say purity, like actually put a title on it. Before it was, um, I, re- I remember talking about masturbation with a friend years ago in Utah. And um, we grew up similarly, but it was just like, I could talk to her because she grew up similarly. And we were like both virgins. We don't, we really didn't dibble and dabble and all of that. So um, we could talk about it, but I still, um, still upheld that judgmental friend to the point where I was just like, people just knew not to talk to me about this stuff because I'm like, so y'all just out here. Huh? Okay. Listen, uh, out here. Out here. We, we just have it on maybe. 
okay. And I'm just like, why? I Allison, no. Allison, no. <laughs> How? So y'all just, you just ruining your life, huh? You just want to ruin your life. Like, they, I, I've become very direct. And so that wasn't like, at the time, because Allison was there when I said it, she was like, they, they were like, wow. I was like, you don't think that hasn't stunted your growth? Having kids? Like, literally, I'm asking this question and they are just sitting here looking at me like I'm crazy. And I'm like, I don't, it's I because, didn't see anything wrong with the, co- with the question. Because logically speaking, you make sense, right? But when you start unlayering it, when you start peeling back the, the layers of the onion, you realize, oh, snap, this is deeper than that. Because logically you say, OK, if you are sexually active and you do and you are not married and you do not want children yet, then put on a condom. Right. But when you are trained. So so I'll, I'll give you a, a very personal example. When you are trained that sex is the ultimate sin, you cannot do this. You're going to be condemned. God will hate you and you're going to have to work so hard to get back in his good graces. When you are taught that, it is so deeply ingrained that you try to do everything possible to stay so far away from it, right? So something as simple as, if, like for me, I was, you know, in throughout high school, college, whatever, post-college, I would be in, you know, these committed relationships, right, with, with men who also were Christians. Um, and they were aware, like, I'm not trying to get down like that. Um, so I would not ever have condoms on me, ever, I'm not buying condoms because because the the purchase alone, me having the thought to say, me choosing, deciding to go to a store to purchase condoms, for me, it was like, all right, I'm already agreeing to sin. I'm already coming into agreement with sin even before it happens. So I won't do that. So if I don't buy condoms, I have a list. I, um, I decrease my chance of falling in that way, right? That was my logic. You couldn't tell me I didn't make sense. That was my logic, right? Because I don't want to sin. I don't want to do anything that's gonna that's, that's gonna you know um, displease the Lord. So when I get in situations with my boyfriend, right, who I'm in a committed relationship with, and then this happens again and again and again, I'm like, oh no! Now I got to go drive around the city looking for Plan B pills, right? In college, broke. He is too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And we over here trying to freaking to the clinic and we over here trying to freaking, you know, um uh scrape up change, come up with 50 bucks to go buy another plan B. I'm pretty sure after the fourth or fifth one, it's my body is like, sis, we don't this, we, mm, no, just give up, just do something else. And my logic to that is on all college campuses, there are clinics. I'm telling you. And I was just like, I'm telling no, you. No, I get it. I get it. Cause I've had my one instance of like, oh, I'm about to go to this area, but I don't even really know how to buy condoms. Like, how do you even, what's the average? I don't know. Bruh. So I sent my male friend to the store. I'm like, I can't do it. You'll know better than me. You know him. So you go get them. Yeah, but I l- just, let me be clear real quick because I don't want anyone thinking like, well, why why was you dating dudes who didn't have condoms? I would make sure they didn't have them either because yeah. I I wanted us to not. I was doing everything I could to make sure we were gonna you know abstain. I was trying, y'all, <laughs> and it sounds so ridiculous saying it, but I would tell them like, y'all just don't bring condoms around me, bro, because like we not doing it. 
and then we would end up doing it. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that's, but that was my thinking. Like I'm trying to do the right thing, not realizing that it would be smarter to just at least have some basis covered. Like, I know you're not trying to say it, but if you're going to do it anyways, I always say, if you're going to do it wrong, at least do wrong right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like cover your bases. And that makes yeah, sense to me now, but then, I mean, I was so religious yeah. and I was in mm-hmm. such bondage behind it, right? So yes, Leach, when you would say things like that in those conversations that we were both in, it made sense from the surface. But when you when you involve all the other factors and components, you realize this is much deeper than that. Yes, we have personal responsibility, but, and, and I'm not, I'm not saying we don't have to take any accountability over, over our actions. I'm just saying like, Here's a context, bro, because this stuff is just so deep because that was the ultimate sin, the ultimate one. So yeah, child, I have to say this too. You said something earlier about, you know, when you were in college and high school and exploring these relationships, you, and you would get involved with guys who they probably weren't, weren't abstaining. So you're like, you know what? We can't do this. We probably shouldn't even be together. Were you like breaking up with dudes because, or like cutting them off because of this? Yeah, it was mostly, mostly because of that. I was just like, man, that, and I was like, I don't see this actually working. Mm -hmm. So let's not even like play ourselves. It's, it's wild to me because. so, but, but okay. So then to that point, then you don't, you don't learn how to develop like relationally with another person because that's also not not really taught either (laughs) like because it's not taught that men and women can have any sort of relationship outside of a sexual one god forbid you want to just develop a friendship a companionship you know like jesus christ and i and i don't want to say like i always had there were a couple of people that would be like you know just be careful don't and it's, it's like don't put yourself in a space where anything can happen which is why I didn't buy them and so you have to <laughs> so you have to it's just like all right well I probably shouldn't be in the back seat of a car at night but that happened um but it's like I trusted this individual and it was all everything was consensual like we're trying things together um still I'll say this after that occasion I got in a car accident it was it was pretty bad mm-hmm. and so and it was maybe like a month month later. I was like, "Ooh, was, did you blame did the this have, the, Oh my lord! Did this have some type of oh correlation? Yeah, it was a thought. It was a thought. I don't know if I sat in that, but I definitely was like, that was a thought that passed. And I was just like, "Ooh, this is so this wild." Whole because... sex is a sin. It's terrible. Okay, so she said an accident, but she didn't give y'all detail. Y'all, they had to be lifelighted from this accident. It was really bad. Like, she was with her best friend, and they thought they lost each other. It was really, really bad. And we go around thinking that bad things happen to us, that God is somewhere waiting for us to mess up so he can punish us, Mm -hmm. bro, so so that he can punish Mm -hmm. us. Bro, that is Mm -hmm. so, like, Mm -hmm. not okay. It's not aligned with the character of God, number one. And it's just like, I had to come to a point when I was, you know, trying to figure out who I was, who God was to me, for me, all those things. Mm -hmm. I had to come to a point where I said, I don't want to serve a God who is like that. Like, I'd rather be a non-believer than serve a God who sits around waiting to punish me, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's when I realized, oh, wait, 
that's what Jesus was for. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. wait, he, that's on the cross. Like, not to, you know, take advantage of that and, and have no personal accountability because I do strive to be mm-hmm. holy. But like, there, I have no ability to be holy without Jesus, right? Like, that's mm-hmm. the whole point. That's why I asked him to abide in, in me because he the holy one, not me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So all that fornication, all that whatever, that's on the cross, sis. <laughs> whatever it's called, premarital sex, whatever want, it's on the cross. And as whatever Kevin, y'all call and it as, listen, as Kevin on stage said, we have to make sure that we honor Jesus' sacrifice. If we don't sin, he died for nothing. So nothing. let me just bust it open a couple times <laughs> to make the cross worth it. That's <laughs> it, why? But like, that's, it's just so wild to me. Um, So with you, you know, breaking up with me and because of this, I was doing the same thing, girl. And I, I, I recently told you this and I'll admit it here. I recently had the, I guess, revel- I guess revelation, if you will, that um, the primary reason I'm single is because of me. I was privileged enough to have a conversation recently with um, an ex-boyfriend one that we did it for a couple of years. And um, he pretty much confirmed, confirmed what I thought, which was um, the way I ended things with him impacted him greatly. And I, I remember years later, after we broke up in college, years later, I was like, dang, why did I do that? Like, he was a good guy. He was the only man that I've ever been in a committed relationship with that did not break my heart. And he was the only man that I ever dated that was my exact type. So like on paper, he was perfect. So I'm like, why did I end it? And when I started, when I realized, I was like, wait, 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 was this over some like purity culture crap on some like, well, I just, I, I don't think he the man of God because I'm like, wait a minute, this was, this, this was dumb. So, and I, and I had to sit with myself like, yo, I've pushed away really, really good, like solid men because of this idea that, yeah. God, I, I had to please God with my mate. And therefore that partner had to be this like picture perfect image of who God wanted me to be with. That part. But but here's the crazy part, Leash. The messaging we're sending is, oh, I am God's chosen worthy one and you are oh, not God. good enough. You are not adequate in God's eyes. I want to be with you, but God said I can't. How do you fight that? What sense does that even make, right? So now I've sent this inadvertently, unintentionally sent this message that the creator does not find this person good enough for me. Who are are me? (laughs) Like, it's so, bruh, the good girl. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm with a good dude who ain't done nothing wrong. I've done this more than one time. And it is so embarrassing to admit But it's like, these are the damaging effects of purity culture, of being a good girl. It's like you do all these things that literally make no sense. I'll never forget, bro. When I did did this the second time, I promise you, I've done this more more than once. The second time I did this, um, I was like, I just don't know what the Lord is saying about this one. Let me Mm. just go pray about it. Sounds so common. (laughs) You know, like, like, I mean, the Lord hasn't said no, but he hasn't said yes either. So, you know, if it's not a yes, it's it's a no. So let me just go fast and pray. I did that like two or three times. By that third time, my boyfriend at the time felt so rejected. He was out. He was checked out. 
And I remember my friend, my best friend telling me, she kind of was just like, girl, it's not that deep. It's not that deep. And she helped me understand it. So when I went back to him, like, all right, all right, boom, I'm, I'm back. I'm sorry. Like I was tripping. By that, by the time, by the time I got it together, yeah. he was like checked out. He's like, nah, mm-hmm. I'm good. He stuck around for a while, but he was checked out emotionally. Mm-hmm. Oh, he was gone. He took his heart yeah. back, packed it up, and was like, yeah, nah. Like my suitcase is about to death. But and it's like it's so bruh, it's so frustrating, y'all. So it's like, listen, if mm-hmm. that's you, this, if a man love you, he doing right by you. And you got to pray about it? Nah, sis. Uh-uh. Get off, get off your knees. Uh-uh. Wait. Well. Listen. <laughs> 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 Gosh, my, I think the biggest, one of the biggest things for me was the unequally yoked thing. We got Bruh, that that's, that, that's We're not equally yoked. You know, but what does that even mean? Like, oh, okay. We're and not equally yoked. But here's the thing, least Here's the thing. That was my logic. This meant both of these men that I'm referring to were both Christian men. Both went to church with me. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like specifically, the guy in college, bruh, this man was a football player at an HBCU. You know, he could be out here getting anybody he wanted. You know where he was? He was with me at church. At church. We weren't partying. He wasn't out here. And it's like, bruh. And I'm over here just like, ah, I just, I just don't know, you know. <laughs> it was so it dumb. It so deep. So deep and dumb. Deep and dumb. Deep, deep and dumb. And, dumb. Mm-hmm. and here I am, that one like, Lord, why am I not married yet? Are you just hiding me? He's like, nigga, I done sent you a good two, three, four, five. <laughs> <laughs> it's you, sis. It's you. <laughs> Standing in the need of prayer. Yeah. Y'all, don't be like me. Don't be like me. Because it's like, looking back, it's so arrogant. Mm-hmm. How arrogant of us mm-hmm. to feel that we are so righteous, so holy, mm-hmm. that we can mm-hmm. decide who is good and who's not. Y'all, God is not pleased. Okay. Mm. Why do you think this movement was designed for and catered to just girls? Don't Christian men also need to be pure? Uh, yeah, I do believe they do need to be pure. Um, we are, as young women, taught that the man is the head of the house. You know, almost in so many words, not to say that what he says goes, but like he has the final say. And he hears from God and he he leads the family, right? Um, so if he doesn't have clear vision or clear thought, uh, thoughts, pure thought, how is he supposed to lead a family? Um, so yeah, I, in my opinion, if we're going to go with the whole logic of purity culture, yeah, men need to be taught the same thing. And like I, I mentioned earlier, I believe we were all in the same room, Yeah, <laughs> at least at one of the non-denominational churches that I attended, we were all in the same room, mm-hmm. but the, I, I, and I don't know for sure what was the conversation with boys or young men specifically? But I know with us, it was just like, you you have to guard yourself and you have to do this and do that. And it's just like, I, I, I assume that they were getting the same message. 
Yeah. But what I was, it was hearing in, different in the them, community, yeah. in the young adult community, I was like, well, this don't add up. How did he yeah. end up with a baby? It, it just didn't make sense yeah, at all. But yet, but yet we still, and I'll be honest, this is where I'm struggling right now when it comes to men are being elevated especially in like churches to do these types of things but they are trifling no one is holding them accountable and what what does holding them accountable mean right um how are they how are they how are we so quick to be elevated in spaces where men are traditionally supposed to be i guess quote unquote supposed to be and men ha- or women have the hardest time. You're not, you, you haven't been called. I remember seeing my mom, like, go through it in church. My mom is bright, intelligent. She, crazy. But because of the way she was in, in this male-dominated space, to the point, like, one of my uncles said a woman can't be in the, in the pulpit. I was just like, do we not remember Juanita Biden? Do we not remember? I, I remember women in, in the church, like bringing the house down, but it was only a select few. Like they couldn't just be, they and, couldn't just be normal. And when those same women, God forbid, had public issues, scandal, if you will. Oh, they got they, to go. Oh, they were canceled. Because why neither Bynum went from the top to the bottom. Meanwhile, there are other men in these same spaces who have similar scandals who are not affected. And and more so than that, oftentimes they even like are promoted or elevated after that, (laughs) you know. Um, So this idea that, you know, uh, yeah, I don't know, purity culture is just it's, it's, it's the double standard is so obvious, yet no one talks about it. Um. I don't know. It's 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 awful. Cause the truth is, we're all trifling, right? Like we all need the grace of God. But just keep that same energy across genitalia, right? Like keep that same energy with all of us. That's all I'm saying. Like we all should be held accountable. We all should be um striving, right? Uh to be pure. And I, I really that, and I say pure in the sense of like holiness, not just like, you know, sex and stuff. Um yeah. Cause you know, I remember like when like girls would get pregnant in the church, they would have to like go up and like, ap- ap- literally apologize to the congregation. Meanwhile, the man is nowhere to be found on the drums, or, or he's on the drums of the organ. Hello, <laughs> like wait, what? <laughs> we never had that at any of the churches I had, but I remember it. It was not like this girl was or the young ladies were you could just see the shame they had to they had to walk around with that is just not god like i don't care how you slice it it's just not i'm just curious i would love to hear from a youth pastor that maybe upheld purity culture Mm -hmm. and then looking back on it now maybe having a very a different of opinion and say what was my role there was actually there was actually a white minister. I'm not sure if he was. I think he was. I think he was a youth minister. Um, I want to say 
you know, these pandemic years confusing, but I want to say within the last two years, he came out and made a post pretty much apologizing. This was in, this was in reference particularly to their dress code. He was saying that in the summertime, they would go like summer camps and stuff. The girls couldn't wear bathing suits, not even one pieces. Um, or or something about maybe maybe that, that was the thing. It was like one piece versus two piece swimsuits. They couldn't wear two pieces. They had to be fully covered. He came back and apologized saying, you know what? It's not right that the men were able to go around with their shirts off and just mm-hmm. their swim trunks. But the girls had to be fully covered. He apologized saying that wasn't right. And that both girls and boys should be taught to respect each other, period. Mm-hmm. Um, so then it leads me to believe are, are men teaching young boys about consent? Hello. How to treat a young lady? Hello. Like how Hello. Is, do friends really have that much influence on the behavior of a young man? Does rap music, the, not even rap, does any type of music? Do all these other influences have that big of an influence where a young man can't stand up and be like, "Yo, for real? Yeah. You said you sat there and raped that girl." Yeah. Yeah. And 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 then not go and tell an authority figure and say, yo, you need to get him. He yeah. is out here. How is that holy? How is that protecting yeah. your sister? How is like, how do you sit there and know? Yeah. But, but and, and not though, say anything. But, but mo- a lot of them don't know. And that's the crazy part, right? Because I have never met a woman who does not know another woman who has been sexually assaulted or abused in some right. sort of way. But you talk to right. a man and so many of them are just like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, I, I don't know anyone who's done that. And I'm like, wait, oh, I'm sure you do. It's just in your you. own, on your own team. But think about it though. They're not going around the locker room like, hey, y'all, you know, I, I took advantage of a girl last night. They're not saying that. They're saying something else. But, but a dude knows, a man knows what a man is doing because you know, you you can read. It was a different world. Episode they don't be like knowing. They, they, they don't be I, knowing because think I'm about not... think about it. Think about it. When you, when you as a woman, right, or maybe you're the victim of that, of that abuse being taken advantage of or whatever, there's so much shame on you. You probably ain't saying nothing, right? The guy's probably just going back and bragging. Yeah, I got a girl or whatever, right? Um, because because we have to also think about this too, Leash. Sexual assault and abuse, it is so, it goes so much deeper than like this violent um, mm-hmm. experience we're, we're taught that it is, right? That, you know, mm-hmm. you're in an alley somewhere or you're out of party. No, manipulation. It's, it's manipulation. And sometimes, and sometimes it's someone you... Sometimes you, okay, I'm trying to say this without being so specific because I don't want to, this conversation isn't about that and I don't want this to go left, Mm -hmm. but there are, there are ways for you to, there are ways for a man to believe you consented when you didn't. And technically yeah. that too is rape. You know what I'm saying? So in his mind, he thought he was like, well, she, she, she didn't fight back. It's because she didn't think she could. Like you, what, what are you gonna do? This is someone that yeah. you trusted, someone that you knew, and you get to a point of no return. It's just like, well, here we are, right? That, but that it wasn't really consent. So a lot of times they don't know, and that is a more common experience than you know the person being like you know assaulted on the street mm-hmm. from some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So, uh, yeah. and and because rape culture has been so embedded in our communities mm-hmm. that so many men did not realize they were upholding that culture and participating in that culture, enabling that culture. Right. Uh, looking at it now, I I do have some type of just friction with the men that that were in our 
different churches and yeah. I'm curious of what was said yeah. to the point I understand what you're saying like they they didn't they didn't know but these older men oh yeah because older men oh, like yeah. you've lived a little longer and so it's just oh, like yeah. you need to understand what consent is mm-hmm. and and you think if you think she's down with this but you need to like really be honest and and then teach it teaching our youth at the or uh, women shoot our people about like being honest and having the courage to say no this isn't what I want to do mm-hmm. reading body language to just be like, I understand what my body wants, but I'm seeing that her body doesn't. Maybe yeah. we should take some time, but then that means you don't get what you want. Hello. And Hello. it's just like, ding, 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 ding. you gotta, what happens to Karen for, it, it, that means you have to there's definitely, that means you, don't, you can't be selfish. That means that, you know, someone else's needs um, are above your own. Someone else's desires are above your own. And that's not taught. And, and, and I get what you're saying. You know, I just wanted to be clear. I don't, I don't, I don't ever want to paint a picture that, um, men are monsters, Christian men are monsters. No. I don't want to do that. So that's why I was no. saying that, but I feel you that there is a level of, of accountability that's just totally missing in our churches, yeah. in our community. Um, yeah. and a lot of it is because they protect, they, they protect each other. They have this unspoken code, right? But they protect each other. Mm-hmm. I've heard so many stories over the years of like, well, we're not just going to, we not going to talk about that. And it's like, well, why not? Because like, 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 like LeVon said last week, like our churches are full of women. The majority of our churches are full of women. Why are, why are the needs of women not highlighted mm-hmm. more? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you're talking about, you know, people losing power, people losing control, people losing mm-hmm. influence. Because mm-hmm. remember the black mm-hmm. church is where the black man came into power mm-hmm. for the first yeah. time, right? After yeah. being emasculated and demasculated, you know, through years and centuries of oppression, racial oppression. So you get a black Even man. during. Yeah, during. yeah. You get, yeah. you get a man, a black man, because a black man is still a man, right? So you get a man and where he finally can come into a space and get into his rightful place, right? As king, as the leader. But then because of his, his own abuse that he experienced, he now takes this space and then abuses, right? Okay, back to more of the... yeah so recently I was coming across a a post on Instagram and I was blown away because I didn't know that this was related but there are apparently physical effects of being the good girl um I'm gonna read off some and I want you let's just both test this theory. Let's see where we, Mm -hmm. where we stand on this. The post is a, it's a visual and um, it's a picture, an animated picture of a woman and it show, and it just has a a bunch of different effects of being a good girl. Where do you stand leash? Tense shoulders. Do you have tense shoulders on a regular basis? Yeah. Same. What about critical internal chatter? Um, not as much now. For me, absolutely. What about unexpressed opinions? Yes. Overlooked needs? Not as much now. Good for you. Stressed, overworked? Not yes. <laughs> I'm realizing that certain things that were before, I was like, oh, ah. Oh, come now on. I'm realizing that I was stressed and I overworked myself. 
um, fatigue, built up resentment. Yes. Yes. Difficulty relaxing. I answer that for you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Nigga can't sit still. <laughs> I like to nap though. I am a napper, but <laughs> I'm, once um, I'm up, I'm up. Same for me though. Um, I it's difficult for me to relax. Uh, anxiousness or nervousness. Yes. Pent up anger. Sometimes yes. Digestive issues. I don't know because I'm I'm I make sure I get my fiber in. <laughs> I I stay on the regular. Let me tell you. <laughs> okay, and the last one, holding your breath. You know, yes, I didn't realize how much I needed breathing until actually I met Malaysia because he would breathe all the time. And I'm like, I remember one one time I was like really just like, and we were outside of my home and he just, he said, Alicia, just stop and breathe. I was like, no, get out my face. I am breathing. (laughs) Just just very aggressive. (laughs) Like these breathing exercises that folks be doing, it is life saving for me and whoever else is in my path <laughs> if I'm being 100% honest I mean that isn't all the time but it's definitely I started to notice it like this yeah. breathing can really do wonders for you well y'all um if you have um a majority of those um affecting your physical body it could be because you're a good girl and you are not living in a liberated way so Let's keep working on that job because, yeah, yeah. I relate to pretty much all of this. Um, <laughs> Leash, now that you're married, you just mentioned Elijah. Yeah. Now that you're married, do you believe being a good girl was worth it? If so, why? It's very much, it may be very unpopular, but um, I don't think so because of, I had amazing mentors. In church and out of church, my parents, I, I tell them constantly, you guys set me up for success. I believe, I, I know I am who I am um, because of the parents that I had. But in the area of sexuality and sensuality, um, I believe majority of my community failed me and um, growing up. And when I became an adult and I need to take ownership of things, of my actions and of um, words that I say, I definitely just relied on what I was taught. I didn't reteach myself Um, or I didn't teach myself to understand what they said, if it was true or not. I just went off of what was taught. And so now that I'm married, a lot of the things, no one, I remember asking a woman when I got engaged, after I got engaged, um, I don't know. I just, I just remember saying, I don't know if this is, if this just like, I don't know if it's just going to come on or not. Meaning like this sexual being, right? Yeah. She was like, no, you will, you'll know, it'll, you'll be fine. Um, that's not what happened. That's not how it works. That's, a, that's not just how it that, For some people, for some people, I I know it, it happens. I you see the posts, you see the everyone has a blog or a, a blog, a YouTube page or whatever. So I've watched the videos, but for me, that did not happen for me. To 
to the point now, like I am, I get frustrated. I get frustrated because I'm like, I don't even know. How do you teach someone? How do you teach someone that? Yeah. Um, the only thing I could come up with is if, is you let them, you, I think starting with, um, anatomy, having a healthy relationship with your body. Yeah. Um, the whole grace thing. Yeah. Understanding, you know, being that open, open person to, and I, it, I'm really like, I, I guess this is the inner Alicia, little Alicia talking to older people from the mind of an older Alicia. So um, having, I wish I, I'll say this, I wish somebody taught me how to have a healthy relationship with my body so that when I was, I can have fun naked and prior to Malaysia or now with her, I can dance naked, but the sensual side of that, it doesn't connect. I just, damn, I'm comfortable with the outer part of my body, but then you connect the sensuality. I just don't know how to respond. Yeah. And it's gotten, of course, it's gotten better because I have a patient husband, but my husband was not a virgin when we got married. Um, and he voiced it because we have a pretty open communicative relationship. It was something that he was, we, he waited with me, but he was very concerned about what this was going to look like when we got married. That is not to say, and I'm not saying, I'm not telling people, oh, you need to, <laughs> you need to get busy now because ain't yeah. nobody going to accept you when you get to that point. Because my, my boyfriend, wait, my boyfriend, fiance, he waited. Yeah. And he said, and I told him from the front, from the door, this is who I am. This is how I live my life. Mm-hmm. And he was like, okay. Okay. But he was very open. Like, I am concerned. Like, what is this going to mean? And his concerns were valid. Yeah. Um, And to the point where it's just like, how do you even talk to somebody about this? So you do, you seek out professional help to really um, break down, like, what, what is my relationship? And and you have to go back to little Alicia Mm -hmm. and you, you break down, well, what is your relationship with sex? What is your relationship with sensuality? And that's why I can tell you, like, yeah, no one, no one. Yeah. No one. Why this is that cool. this was a, a beautiful thing yeah. that, that could be shared with two consenting people that understood what they were doing. And, and I'm, I'm talking outside of marriage at this point. Understand what you're doing and understand that Sex is a beautiful, and I have heard sex is a beautiful thing, comma, in the confinements of marriage. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, but how do we get to that? I want to get to that, that. And that's the, that's the heartbreaking part for me, because when I think about like, all right, you, you, you're the good girl, you check all the boxes, you go to school, you get a good job, you like do all the things, you know, you focus on yourself, you focus on self-development, you, you know, you're not all tied up in, you know, sexual relationships, right? Then you find the man of your dreams. And then you're also taught now in marriage, you're also taught, all right, girl, you better give it to him. You better become, you know, this freaking porn star in your bedroom, you know, because if you're what? not give, if you're not giving it to him right, he's gonna leave. So you go from don't you ever do this to mm-hmm. this extreme shift on the 
on the opposite end of the spectrum saying, mm-hmm. all right, now you have to be all things to him. You have to meet every single desire, every fantasy, every whatever that he has sexually. And you're like, all right, but how though, Sway? How Sway? And I can just, I can just imagine the shame that comes with because it's like, but I did all the right things though. Like, should I not be rewarded now? And this is why purity culture is a scam. You don't win. I, I guess the areas that you name, like I'm successful in those areas and I, I know I'm confident in myself and all these, I would say if, if that is the goal of purity culture, then yes, that I've won in that area. But when it comes to the one of the most important areas when you get married, it is a very, um, I, I, I know, I'm not going to say I lucked out. I, you say, you always say Malaji was made for, for you, Alicia. And I'm like, oh, no, for real. I do. <laughs> like, I do believe yeah. um, it's, our story is, is interesting. I do believe the how we met, like every, all of every, how it all transpired, how we got to this point in our lives. Um, I would probably have to agree with like, yeah, he was made for me for this time and all of that. Um, but now it's just like, I'm doing, I have to do these things for myself because a simple question about, of like, what do you like? Listen, listen, it's like, okay. And, or it's like, I am responsible for my own sexual well-being. I, I can't put that on him because he's not in my body. And so I am responsible for my pleasure. I am responsible for, because I, I have to at least tell him um, what I like or what I don't like. But when you don't know, it just, it takes longer. <laughs> it takes longer. And so, and, and even the mental side of it, having to formulate things, like I said, Malaysia is patient. And it's not all bad. Yeah. It's, it's fun. It's good. Um, but when, you know, your, your time of your, your alone time, there have been recent moments where I'm just like, why? Why did, like, why? I want to be blah, 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 blah. And so I definitely, there was a, a not resentment, but an anger. And I don't even know if it was toward, I'm still, you know, in it. Right. So I don't, I don't want to say it's an anger towards God because I just don't want to put that on him. Um, however, I'm just like, why do people do these things to people, to young, young folks? And then you yeah. grow up and I'm not living a full life that in that area that I'm not living fully. And so every, every, everything else could be, oh, it could be going well. But they also, like you said, they tell you sex is a big part of your marriage. Yeah. It's a huge part. But you want you no one let me explore the minimal things. Minimal things. You only you only be kissing nobody. Kissing. Kissing leads to hands. Yeah. And hands leads to and I'm just like kissing. Listen. Listen. Let, let's and so I knew how far to go. Like, I knew how far my body would, would take to the point. Like, my body would just stop at a certain point. It's just like, before I got married, it just, and, and so now you're saying, go full force. Right. Like, 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 yeah. 
Full thought on that. All right, buddy. Right. All right, buddy. Let's go. It's time. Okay. <laughs> Your body's just like waiting to know. We've not done this. It's been 30 plus you. years since we, we shut down. No one, the mental side of wild. transforming your mind. Yeah. You have to transfer. And again, not everybody's like this. And I don't expect people don't feel sorry for me or for anyone that may be experiencing this. I will say to women who may be in this case or even men may be in similar cases. It's like, take, take your body back. It starts mm, to really powerful. talk to, talk to God about back. how can I be one with my body? You gave me this body. As a woman, we, regardless if you want kids or not, we can hold children. We can, you know, pr- we produce life and the milk to feed a child. Yeah. Like, yeah. so... I don't, I don't think that would, like, if we decided to have kids, like, I don't think that would be so much of a big deal, but it might, if, if I don't take my body back and be like, you know, my body is a beautiful thing in whatever state it's in. The pandemic definitely did a toll on things where I was just like, what is going on in regards to weight gain or weird things? And now I'm in my thirties. And so like all of this is happening at once. And I'm like, I got to take the ownership of my body back and really get to know through time, like what can my body do and um, what do I want it to do? Who do I need to go to to teach me how to do these things? So if it's a pole dancing class, if it's something where, shoot, I used to, prior to meeting Melaja, I went to new beaches. That was a part of me trying to become one with my body, being okay with my body being outside. And I didn't think it was a problem. Everybody else was somewhat nude or if not nude. And I felt it was so freeing. Now, I don't know. Yeah, it was just freeing. And I wasn't, it wasn't in a sexual way. You know, it wasn't like I wasn't sitting there with people. I went with my friends one one of my friends for my birthday, that was like my 26th birthday. I wanted to do that. And that was kind of like the 26th, year 26 was my year of kind of like tiptoeing into doing more um, just with learning myself. But now I'm in a different, a different space now with another right. person right. and have, and learning a different function of my body. Yeah. So though I know more, more about my body, like, now I'm like, well, let's talk about this here orgasm. Because no one, it's like, well, how do you know when you have an orgasm? How do you know this? How do you? Yeah. And it's just like, I be in the GYN office like, and this is happening. What's going on with this? <laughs> What's going on? And <laughs> I, I have the language because of my science background, but I have the like, I got to know this. Yeah. Because if I don't know this, I can't tell my partner. Um. I can't, <laughs> I can't, <laughs> if, if I'm trying to do something to learn about my body, whether that's masturbation or, you know, I'm trying to learn to eat, to tell him to and enjoy it myself. And so it's just like, I love you. Said, I love that. I love that you said that because it's like, it can be so foreign to Christian women that pleasure is for us also, you know, that there should be I two want people. I so bad. 
Yeah, like two people should be enjoying this moment. It's not just for him. Like you're not just a piece of meat being like, you know, like it's like, no, like get yours too, sis. In marriage, you know, because I'm still, you know, marinating on the whole premarital sex being sin, you know. Mm-hmm. Even though I have partaken, but I, I repented though, so I'm good. I'm going to heaven. <laughs> Do y'all need to see her face? <laughs> what Levon say last week? Let me Ooh, say yeah, listen, listen, Levon, Levon? listen, Levon ministered to me. <laughs> like, listen, let me. Please. I can get Put some. that in your favorites. Put that in your favorites. Okay. Ooh, a- you. Well, thank you so much, Leash, for your yeah. transparency, um, sharing your lived experiences, and and. And all the things related to purity culture. And I'm happy that you have a, you know, a partner who is patient and is enjoying exploring with you and figuring things out. And I think that the beauty in that is that, you know, you have your whole life to explore and things will go mm-hmm. from glory to glory, from faith to faith. Yeah. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm loving that, like, one glory. Okay, that's one glory. Yeah. Riding. Okay. We got another <laughs> glory over here. Not glory we, riding. Come on and glory on. ride. Come on and glory ride. Leave. Like we're gonna try all these these things. Come on and glory I, ride. I that is hilarious. Kinda, <laughs> I wanna say, I know you have male listeners, men for women. My again, my husband did not grow up in the church. And so I, I'm having he just has this patience because he has a great mother and a great father. Uh, mostly his mom taught him about, you know, he was patient with his mom and patience and all this other type of stuff. So I think if you really love this, a, a woman or your partner, um, understand when y'all get married, it may, she may talk it up. It may be something that you both are looking forward to, but if it doesn't happen within the first month, three months, six months, year you gotta be patient with her and, and understand and that's why during the dating phase it's like what was your history with sex like what is your understanding of sex uh, it's very important even if you're not having it yeah it, it, understanding what it is like what the other person and this could be for women as well uh, or you know both sex sexes understanding each other's understanding of sex if you especially if you were brought up in church because how it comes out in your relationship is going to be so interesting. And if you're looking to be married to that person, um, again, you could talk it up and talk it up. But then once you get to that point, it could definitely be hard to transition mentally to, okay, this is a good thing. And I'm not saying, again, all the time, but it, it can be, well, should we really be doing we, you want to try this? I don't think that's holy. Girl, mm. buy the edible. <laughs> On my list. Listen, listen. <sighs> if honoring your spouse is worship to God, then that has to be worship too. Okay? So enjoy your worship, sis. I'm a free worshiper. That, that is- Come on. Listen, if y'all see things in my post on the gram, just say, you know what? Glory, is it? Glory what is it? Levels, free worshiper and levels and levels and levels upon different types of glories, okay? I'm just trying to get there. I love that. Well, thank you, girl. 
Um, I hope that somebody was helped. I really do, y'all, because I just don't want y'all like being like, I just listen, like it's really good, solid men out here that we just be like trashing because of this purity culture crap. And and not just that, it's it's so it's so many things like we like we've discussed um in this episode. So I really hope that this helps you to unpack some things in your own life to assess your own, you know, behaviors and beliefs and thoughts surrounding these things. Like, because purity culture has not helped us at all. It just really hasn't. It has not. So let's heal. Let's heal from our religious baggage, religious bondage, religious trauma. Let's heal from it. I think that our communities will really be healed if we commit to this, to this work. Well, let's get to brownie points. This is a segment where we give ourselves kudos for something that we have recently accomplished, whether it's big or small. Um, we oftentimes think, you know, we can only share things if they are what we deem as noteworthy or are victorious. Um, but sometimes organizing your shoes is the most victorious thing you'll do today. And that is worthy of celebration as well. So Alicia, what are you giving yourself brownie points for today? Yes. Mm. I have been giving myself permission to nap more. At work, napping for 15 minutes. I don't, I don't care. Nap at work. <laughs> Listen, I have a towel at my job. I have a door <laughs> as well. And I have lights. And I take my 15 minutes. I lay my towel down. And I get me a 15-minute nap. I love that. And it is so rejuvenating. That There is a theme happening. Like, this season... So many of my guests have had similar brownie points. And I love that so much because mm-hmm. rest is not a luxury. It is a necessity. Mm-hmm. That is really, really good. I love that. Yes, Leash, kudos to you. put that timer on because I won't wake up. <laughs> the timer on. <laughs> that's why I asked me, that's why Nats be messing me up because listen. <laughs> I take a nap. I'm like, oh, oh, this should be permanent, right? Let's just go back. 15 minutes? No, let's, how about an hour? Hour, hour, how about three? (laughs) Oh, oh, wow. Um, I'm giving myself brownie points for finally finishing updating my resume. Good Lord, it's like a whole job just updating that. Good, Jesus. I reformatted it in a a way that I like found based on like this TikTok guy who helps folks. I'm like, okay, well, this seems to be working for folks. Let me try this format. Um, and it took me so long to update it because, you know, I, anyways, I'm proud that I finally finished it. My deadline to finish it was May 1st and I got in last night. I was like, crap, like May 1st is tomorrow and I have not finished this. I got a few more things to do. So I finally finished it. And now I can like really get on my grind and like, um, start looking for, for, um, something else because this job I'm on is trash and I'm done. I can't do no more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, no, 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 no. This ain't it. This is Zero stars. Do not recommend. recommend. (laughs) Oh, geez. All right, y'all. Give yourself brownie points. I hope you sit with yourself for a moment, reflect, and celebrate yourself. Regardless of who knows, a victory is a victory. Alicia, share with us how we can support you. What you got going on? Tell us about Curly Me. What's going on? Where, Where can we find you? So I am on uh, Instagram, the Instagram um, at a underscore d a i r 
that is my adairs what I because I'm very creative in that and um, <laughs> I run a nonprofit called Curly Me as um, Allison said and that is Curly Me SLC Curly Me is my baby it was created in Utah based off of my childhood experiences and life and I'm just so grateful that in a place that I never would have thought um, purpose I would have found purpose I found purpose and so Curly Me SLC or curlyme.org on um, if you Google us or put it in a web browser is where you can find us and support us. Um, we are a nonprofit 501c3, so support means a lot, whether it's a follow or cash. I mean, grant writing is always a necessary thing. So, mm-hmm. follow or cash. Girl. I mean, yes, we're doing things for the babies out here. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you so much for all you're doing. I think that the work you do is incredibly impactful. That will out it will outlive you, sis. Your impact for sure. That's wonderful. That is legacy. Um, all right, y'all. Well, if you'd like to follow me, you can follow me on social media on Instagram and Facebook at Shays Brown, on TikTok at Mother Wound Healer, and I'm also on YouTube. It's actually just under my name, Allison Brown. But if you just type in on YouTube, Shades of Brown podcast, the episodes will come up and you'll be able to find my page and subscribe. I would love for you to subscribe to my YouTube channel. Thank you for your support. And please share, share this episode, put it in your group chat, discuss it, like have, you know, discussions about it. I love when Alicia texts me after she listens to an episode and has like a whole breakdown on episode. (laughs) And I always want to share her stuff, but like some of the things that she says are just like, okay, I can't. Can't actually post that one. <laughs> you should. You said I could. You said I could speak how right. I would speak, so I did. Yes, yes. My podcast, Lord, my podcast is turning. It's turning PG thirteen these days, Lord <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh no! Oh Lord! And feel free to buy some merch. Yes, we have t-shirts and mugs and all kinds of goodies. Check it out at everythingalleyb.myspreadshop.com. Or you can just check the link in my bio on my social media accounts. Thank you for your support. And also, like, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, let me know. I would love to help you get it launched. Follow me, follow Leash, And thank you, thank you, thank you so much, sis. I appreciate you. Thank you. And I leave y'all with this. I hope that you be well, love well, and be loved well. You deserve that. Till next week. Bye.